Previously on the Wheelbarrow Full of Dicks Internet Radio Program. What do you mean explosion? That's the name of the band, the Rock of Fire Explosion. Oh, so there, nothing exploded? No. The animatronic band that played at Showbiz Pizza where a kid can be a kid. Correct. You're not a bird. Welcome to this thing we call the Dub Fod. My name is Mike. I am joined by my good friend, Mr. Drunkard STL, on the Twitters. He's back from uh, Oregon. Travis Evan. Oregon, <clears throat> where he uh, made his bones. He did his. Yeah, we uh, didn't. We didn't know where he was. Wear my butt off, man! It's crazy. And guys, let me introduce you. To the king of pranks, the albino alligator, Coach T, Jaguar Impressive. Popcorn bitch. The man of spice. The Duke of Denim, Mr. Travis Hulse. Oh, you got Canadian Guys, coming up after the break, we are going to be talking to uh, Pustulus Maximus of the uh, rock band Guar. Looking forward Guar. to talking to him. Uh, Travis, I'll give you a, a spoiler. That documentary, it's my pick of the week, because the, the Guar documentary. And not just because we're talking, actually, we're talking to him because I enjoyed the documentary. That's why I reached out to him. I watched that documentary. I was like, fuck, we got to talk to somebody from Guar. Travis, I don't know if you know this about me. It, it, it's, it's kind of a well-known thing about me. That uh, I love music lawsuits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. But there isn't always music lawsuits. So sometimes I just have to, like, make up my own. Oh, boy. And the the band Muse. Do you know Muse? I do. I do. Uh, Was their most popular song The Resistance? Is that they will not force us. That one. That's right. Whole new album's a lot like that, Travis. Is that the <laughs> mad, mad, yeah. yeah, no, it's not that one. They put out a new one, Travis, and uh, I- I'm going to play you a little snippet of one of the songs because I think it sounds a lot like another song. And I-, I think that there's a good case here that we could make, maybe get us a music lawsuit going. Come on, Travis. Do I, I don't even think, have uh, to tell I you? I don't think the I don't think Marilyn Manson is in any position to be uh, trying to sue anybody uh, over uh, music right now. I mean, come on, Travis. It's exactly the same. Can I hear the first one again? Come on, drunk. Don't even argue. You want to argue with me. <laughs> you, you didn't get your, your fix last week of, of arguing with me, and you want to, but you can't. I agree. Are they on the uh, same uh, uh, same label, these two two bands? I doubt it, Travis. Uh, you know, the, the other guys, they're, they're Brits. So? Don't mean they can't be on the same label. Uh, that's true. Hey, that's, that's very true. There, you got it. I feel like so, like like uh, maybe the label was like, yeah, this is uh, go ahead and just use this beat and these words that to sound pretty similar. We own um, them anyway. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we're not worried. Marilyn Manson's in seclusion right now. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, if you were gonna put out a Marilyn Manson ripoff, this is the time to do it. Before we get uh, away from the music topics, um, you're familiar with the band Ghost, correct? Yes. I'm actually going yeah, I, to see Ghost in less than a month, Travis. Oh, that's awesome. I really enjoy that band. Have for, for quite a while. 
And I also am a fan of the band uh, Dokken, mostly because they did a song for the uh, 1986 release of Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. Um, very good. Uh, self, It's titled the same as the uh, subtitle for Nightmare on Elm Street Dream Warriors. Really good song. Um, a random Dokken song came on. Uh, I had it on Hair Nation on Sirius XM in my uh, truck the other day. And uh, a random Dokken song was on as I was flipping through. And I was like, fuck, why is Ghost on Hair Nation? And I looked down and it's Dokken. And uh, Ghost actually sounds quite a bit like some Dokken songs. Uh, the new the new version of, of Ghost and the way that they've been sounding the last few years. That kind of haunting uh, melody that they have going on all the time now is uh, very, very reminiscent of Dokken. Travis, if you, if you have some examples for me, I, I do love music lawsuits. I'll try to pull something for uh, next week, but uh, just wanted to put that in your ear, in your travels around uh, music. Maybe you can, uh, maybe you'll find something. But uh, yeah, I'll see if I can put some songs together uh, next week. This is a bit of a personal question, Travis. Have you ever been caught doing something gross? And to kind of get in with the people who caught you, you've kind of said, oh, yeah, I thought that was gross the whole time. I was doing a gross thing like as a goof, like I didn't mean the gross thing. And then everybody's like, are you sure that you're not into gross stuff? And you're like, no, man, no, I get it. It sounds like something that's happened to you. So you might as well just go ahead and tell a story. Yeah, I'm going to need an example. If everyone's doing it, is there a time that you'd rather do it or not? I don't think so. I think everybody oh, for me was there just, was. Oh, what, I, I, what think was everybody, your... I felt like everybody was just trying to get it done as quickly as possible. Like the whole process. <laughs> well, once after that first night, like when I tried not to do it after that, I wanted to be first because okay. there was no way I wanted going after other people. Right. Because that was the other thing is they said it was it was no condoms. So you all could possibly have spread something yeah, unintentionally. You, you were hoping everyone's in the same situation yeah, and, and there is a doctor on yeah. staff and you're hoping everybody <laughs> is being checked out and everybody's being, uh, I say this in quotes, monogamous to that relationship, you right. know, but you don't know. Right. And if there's new girls coming up, which there often were, like I just wanted to be first and be done and that I felt like that was the cleanest way yeah. <laughs> to be in and out of it. Charles, I pulled a clip from uh, a podcast. It's called the uh, the Juicy Scoop podcast, and uh, two of the gals being interviewed were on that reality show, The Girls Next Door. Those were both uh, former Hugh Hefner wives. Oh, those were those who. Were- oh, is uh, which ones were they? Kendra, uh, Holly, and Bridget. Oh, yeah, Kendra's too busy. She's got a real estate show on uh, Discovery Plus. I oh, believe she's in real estate now, Travis. Yeah, she's a realtor. She's now a realtor. About to say, and they made a reality the show on it. British the mess. What they were doing was gross, and like we say, oh yeah, that's gross. But like they didn't think it was gross, like. <laughs> But now they say, oh, yeah, no, we thought it was gross the whole time. I guarantee you that those women thought it was gross and that they were only doing all of that because they were starting to gain some prominence on an e-entertainment television program uh, and were able to spin off and do other things. Like if Hugh Hefner, who was very rich uh, and very influential, offers, you know, these gals who like to take their clothes off in magazines for a living anyway, he says, hey, why don't you be one of my wives? You'll just have to have sex with me once in a while. Uh, I would imagine women in that particular situation already would probably take that next step and be like, yeah, I don't really love this, but, uh, you know, it's Hugh Hefner. You go first. That's what she said. She wanted to go first. And then he fucked all the other broads. And you just try to get it over with. I'm curious, like their situation, like if they were every time that they were um enjoying uh intercourse if they were all doing it together since they were all technically married or if he was sleeping with I don't think they were married um, they were just boyfriends and girlfriends is that what it was i yeah, thought i could have sworn he married them I'm, like mar- uh, married them i'm pretty sure anyone. he was married to at least one of them no, yeah not, not, i think it's i feel like it's more like a, a a sister's wife scenario right like he didn't but i think in the sis- those three bras, i guarantee you that yeah but it's like the sister's wife scenario I feel like it's their separate relationships, but they're together. So like, there's no like group sex. I don't think, I think it's like more of a, 
tonight's my night with this one, you know, the next night's my night with the other one. I'm curious how Hefner had that set up with those gals. Are they saying that I just wanted to get in and get out? Yeah, because they, she they're was doing next? a tag team situation. They wanted to get it done first so that the other gal... Be, be, be honest real quick. Do you think Hugh Hefner gave a shit if they thought it was gross? <laughs> no. I would. Wouldn't you? No. no. You care? At like 80-some years old, you're sleeping with these 20-some-year-old like super hot blondes with big fake boobs. You'd just be and like, they like, yeah, no, this is great. Yeah, Who cares? Yeah, this is awesome. Thanks, Duchess. Holly wanted to marry him. Yes, she watched that dumb show. So she wanted to get married to him. He and didn't want to part any part of marriage to those three brothers. I watched that show. Everybody the in the fucking door. chat has watched that show, Travis. Was this a popular show? Yeah, I watched show? it. I mean, I knew it, it was existed. a great show. I didn't think anybody watched it. Uh, I, I it was a lot. Of it. it was fun. The best uh, reality show at that time, though, was Being Bobby Brown. That show. Mm, wasn't that on the same time as uh, uh, the Anna Nicole show? It might have been. Yeah, I, I really liked the girls next door. I thought it was fun because they were all, and I'm sure they were playing to the cameras or whatever, but they all like super ditzy and they were on these ridiculous scenarios yeah. and have, would just kind of pop in and out of there, uh, depending Hello, on, you know. angels. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> got on my sailor hat. Ah. I got on my new velvet robe. It looks like the same uh, velvet robe I wore the other day, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that, no, I mean, uh, how how sweet for that old man. And then they um, all go, I have, oh, let's get this over with. Right? I guess that's yep. what they're saying. Mm-hmm. It, how it they're faking the it. It cannot reduce your enjoyment as a man if the woman is faking it, right? Like, it's all smoke and mirrors. It's like being in Westworld, right? right? So, like, it's you know, sleeping with the robots who pretend that they're your long-lost soulmate or whatever. Like, it, it doesn't take you out of the moment. They're they're acting. They're pretending, and it's going to be good for you, you know? Wouldn't you just feel empty, though? No. You'd be fine? I've been, mar- I've been married a long time. <laughs> Seriously, like I'm an overweight 40, almost 42 year old man starting. I'm losing my hair. Um, a lot of issues. Um, yeah. If if any 20 some year old gal at this point, and, and obviously this is all hypothetical. I'm a hair, happily married uh, man. Uh, if there was like a 20 some year old blonde gal with big fake boobs and a big fake butt. And I was in a scenario where I could sleep with her and she pretended like I was like, oh, how oh, lucky she is to be with me. You're That'd so, be awesome. You're so handsome and distinguished. You're, you're saying yeah. it's not hot for you to just kind of. I love yeah. your Move dad bod. Uh, you, you know, that the ego stroke, you know, just for the, the, the lies that she would be telling me, it would probably actually be better than the sex. The ego stroke <laughs> would be amazing. <laughs> Just sweating on her face after three strokes. Just pouring, pouring sweat. My knees are like clicking because there's a problem in my knees. You know, it's like just like the the three strokes that you're referencing are the only strokes I can do before I'm done. You know what I mean? Like Drunk, I'll tell you, the, I saw a guy on Twitter today that said uh, that uh, people don't like it when people laugh in podcasts. Yeah. I dare that son of a bitch to try to do a podcast with the Albino. Well, I know. Again, Tell you know me about it. I dare him. I've been doing this all my life, baby. <laughs> you got something real fast here? Oh, I want to hear about Portland for sure. Okay. We can hear about Portland. Did Did you uh, taste the local cuisine? <clears throat> it was tough. Um, but I did go out. I did go out to a couple places that weren't Burger King or McDonald's. <laughs> Uh, the 101 places to party before you guys were just in. Did you watch that, Mike? Did you watch any of those episodes? I watched the first one when they went skiing in Denver. Okay, I think like episode three maybe was yeah. in Portland. And it was all like weed and weirdos. Weed and weirdos. So, yeah. Drunk did a lot of work in Travis. He didn't really get That's to true. see so, the sights. So, Monday, I woke up at 4 a.m. here, which would have been 2 a.m. in Portland. Landed in Portland at 10 a.m., <laughs> And then proceeded to do 10 hours of work. Was this a last minute thing, buddy? Because the previous week, you're like, let's get HFL going. This is going to be great next oh, week. Yeah. And then we heard nothing from you and, until like Tuesday or Monday night that you were like, oh, I'm in, I'm in Oregon. Yeah, He's been working they, on his drunk and it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they said something to me about it on Wednesday night. And the next thing you know, I have flights and shit 
booked on Thursday, so Drunk had to come in like uh, the wolf, Travis. He he's a fixer. And then t- yep. Tuesday I worked thirteen fucking hours. Wednesday I worked eleven. Thursday I worked nine. Can I ask you? Are you a salaried gentleman? I am. Mm-hmm. That's how they. Yep. That's what they do. Did, that's uh, how they. Did they give you that per diem? Yeah. Drunk? So they buy you some foods. They I had to. I had to turn them in my receipts, so they didn't actually give me money. They turned in my Did anybody in Portland hit your car with a forklift? No. That's good. And <laughs> I got a nice rental car. I was in a Subaru Impreza. I was actually uh, pretty happy with that, because the last time I traveled for work, they put me in a fucking Fiat. And mm. I'll tell you what, not a fun car to drive. Yeah. You were Impresta with the Impreza? I was. <laughs> Uh-huh. I, did, I did a lot of working in Portland, and uh, luckily the the jacuzzi in the hotel was open till midnight, so I did a lot of hanging out in the jacuzzi. Did some of that? Yeah. You take like a six pack down there when you do that, drunk? It said no food or drink, so I abide by the rules. <sighs> That's some bullshit, man. You gotta you gotta bust out. You gotta take over that jacuzzi. Yeah, had a couple of bloody marys at the bar. Did it have like a bunch of shit in it? Yeah. Like they put like a hamburger on a stick. Oh for you? no! But they did do you know the tomato juice and the Worcestershire and the olive juice and the whatever accoutrement oh. they put in there instead of just opening up a can of zing zang and fucking calling it a day. Travis, I really want to tell you about the Amazon Prime original film Samaritan. Did you happen to watch that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I did not yet. I I want to. It's yes. Tell me about it. <laughs> so. Travis. That man's dead. That movie. <laughs> that movie fucking stunk, Travis. It was bad. <laughs> yeah. So the bad guy. It's just old ass, old ass Rambo being like, can't come back and be a superhero anymore. So th- there's a little kid. You know, I'll he, believe you. He has a single mom. Did he figure out that Sylvester Stallone was the Samaritan? Y- yeah, like right away. Right away, he. But was like, it, is it like is it common knowledge or was that a no, thing that no, happened? No, it was not was common the... knowledge. He's yeah. a big fan and he like lives next door to him. Anyway, yeah. So okay. this little kid, you know, he's got a single mom and he's able to get into all kinds of shenanigans. Gets in with the wrong crowd, Travis. Like that last action hero kid. Bad guy of the film is paying children ten dollars. Just steal boxes of scratch-off lottery tickets. Does the kid kind of remind you of uh, the kid from Deadpool? No. Is there a kid in Deadpool? The Australian kid with the fire. No. No, this is like a a young-ass kid. He's paying children to steal lottery tickets, Travis. Oh, so he's like the Shredder. He's like the Shredder, like in the very first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie where they're like knocking off like uh, cartons of cigarettes and shit in their warehouse. Yeah, but then a couple minutes later, regular or mental, he uh, (laughs) (laughs) and then he has them both like, fuck it. That's Sam Rock. That's Sam Rockwell, too, baby. (laughs) He uh. He like all of a sudden has like these high tech grenades that can turn off electricity. Like he throws one of these grenades and all the electricity to like the entire city goes out because he has these magic grenades. That seems like a pretty low level crime, uh, paying kids to steal lottery tickets if you have like uh, EMP discharging right. grenades. So he gets up at some point in the movie, and I'm not going to give too much away, Travis, but I have a lot of problems. With this Sylvester Stallone is a retired superhero. Kid finds out he's got to go back and fight this guy who has got the fucking EMP. The fucking whatever. villain gets up on the roof of a car after st- throwing one of these electric grenades, which I, I, they don't really like blow up. But at a certain point, they just start blowing up like for a while. They're just getting rid of the electricity grenades, but then they start using them to blow stuff up. So I don't know if they have separate buttons or what. So let me guess the Samaritan wins with no inconvenience to them. What do you mean? You know, wins the fight. Wins, wins no, the no, fight. dude. He's got to be like Rocky Balboa where he gets his ass kicked a little bit. And then no, he comes no, back no, and no he almost like has all. a draw with that, with the way younger kid. So the villain, he gets on top of a car. Spoiler and alert. 
he gets on top of a car and it like people are just walking around and his speech is really no more than we should all do crime and like the whole town is just like guy's got a fucking point and so like the purge starts travis they just start purging the whole fucking town starts purging because this guy got up on a car and just said guys let's all do crime isn't that what happened at the end of the joaquin phoenix joker movie kind of yeah but you know like there was a there was some build-up to that this guy's speech was not impressive he was kind of garbage who played this uh, dastardly villain? Uh, it, it was a guy that I recognize, but don't know his name, Travis. Like, you'll look Understood. at him and you'll say, oh, yeah, he's been the bad guy in some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably been the good guy in some stuff, too. No. No, no he's never, got a bad guy face. Never the good guy. No, he's got a bad guy face. He plays the bad guy in stuff. The movie stinks, Travis. I, I, uh, I called the end of it five minutes in, and then, like, an hour in, I went to bed and just said, yeah, I'll watch the rest of this on my phone tomorrow. Ah. And then Laura texted me from bed and said, you ruined the end. You you called it. It's it's pretty easy to call, <laughs> Travis. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you'll get it. Yeah, listen, I mean, when this movie was announced and I saw some of the screenshots and shit from it, I mean, this isn't some kind of epic motion picture that I was like super excited about. But really, it was like, oh, Sylvester Stallone plays like an old retired superhero guy. And I mean, the plot writes itself in your brain. So I was like, yeah, I'll totally watch that. It's Sylvester Stallone playing a freaking retired superhero. But I didn't expect it to be anything magical. Yeah, yeah I no, like for, be 20, kind of for 25 years, he hasn't uh, done any crime fighting. He, he's just, you know, been under the yeah. radar and people thought he might be dead, but he's not, Travis. He's still around. No, really, he was he was an Amazon employee. That's he just, why it's on. A uh, garbage man, actually. He's he's been a garbage man. You you watched Game of Thrones? Oh. House of the Dragon? No, the old one. Oh yes, I watched that too. You're you're on Greyjoy was the bad guy. Oh, okay. Oh, he's a guy. Was he a bad guy? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is anybody in <laughs> Game of Thrones really a good guy? Not after season one, though. Yeah, they're, they're uh, they was there a good guy? Uh, Jon Snow, maybe, I guess. Yeah, Jon Snow might have been the only one that was halfway decent. Everybody else was kind of a prick in their own way. Travis, my favorite Guar story from uh, the uh, Shutter exclusive documentary, This Is Guar. They were on uh, a, a label called uh, Warhammer Records. Or, or Metal Blade Records. It was something. Yeah, Metal Blade. Metal Blade. Where did yeah, I get Metal Warhammer? Blade. Yeah, Metal Blade Records. And Warner Brothers bought that record label. It was a small label. And, and so uh, Guar had an album in the can that they uh, was, at this point, going to be their major label debut. Uh, but it had a song on it called Baby Dick Fuck. warner brothers said dude we're gonna like put this in target you can't have a song on it called baby dick fuck and so they had a meeting and they were like guys this is our art we're not taking baby dick fuck off of our our record warner brothers can go fuck themselves they didn't know what they were getting into come on and so they fucked up the deal with uh, Metal Blade. Re- what was it? Metal Blade. Metal Blade Records. And like Metal Blade Records is like, well, I mean, we're not going to tell them they have to take Baby Dick Fuck off. So I guess we're just not going to sell to you, Warner Brothers Records. And Baby Dick Fuck lives on, Travis. Uh, yeah, so, of course. So it, it was it was a principled stance that I think we can all appreciate, even though they probably should have just taken it off. And, and deprive the world of baby dick fuck? That would be fake. Well, they could have put it on their next album. Yeah, but I mean, that sets a bad precedent if their first album, Warner Brothers, is already like, you got to get baby dick fuck off. And they're like, you know, for our follow-up, 
we're going for anal rape man. Um, and if if baby dick fucks no good for you, anal rape man, you're gonna hate that too. Charles are asking for the uh, best Sylvester Stallone movie. Rocky uh, Four is not even close. Uh, I don't think Guardians of the Galaxy two counts. Uh, Cliffhanger would count for sure. Uh, but the best Sylvester Stallone movie is Demolition Man. It's not even up not, to not Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd is if great. You, you give me a top three, I'll put Rocky Four, Cliffhanger, and Demolition Man in there. Yeah, no, Demolition Man is like far and away number I one. Say, I, th- I think I like Judge Dredd better. seashells. Can't do nothing in the future. <laughs> Which one's Rocky Four? Trying to sexually harass Sandra Bullock here. <laughs> it's just basically one hype soundtrack, is what it is. The training montage in Rocky Four is the training mon- top it's, notch. It's, it's training montage plus patriotism equals greatest eighties movie ever. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're if you're telling me, hey, pick a any eighties movie uh, montage, uh, Rocky Four is at the top of that list. Oh, pff, yeah. Hey, uh, we guess we're ready to go on break. Yeah, we 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 fu- we mixed it all up this week. Oh, we were gonna do that. We were gonna be like, all right, it's time for everybody's favorite portion of the show, the break. Yeah. Um, where we stop talking and Mike has prepared something beforehand. Uh, which we'll do now, I guess. Right. Now we'll do it. Yeah. Okay. W If you enjoy the music of Barry Manilow, Liberace, or the Bee Gees. Then you're gonna hate Guar. Their name is Guar, and Guar, the band from hell. That band, Guar, has got to be the raunchiest, most rotten band. They are the worst. Basically, they're barbarian interplanetary warriors who play heavy metal music and shoot various bodily fluids all over the audience. Guar was a big, violent, sexual, theatrical rock show. It's performance art. But it's also, it's this performance art that doesn't take itself seriously. They were the scumbags of the universe, banished to the shittiest planet they could come to? Is that, that's the thing? Your act has been described as obscene and disgusting. What do you say to that? Mmm, very accurate. What you're not seeing is what's going on behind that stage that's making this whole show work. And it's people frantically working their asses off the whole time. It's an artist collective. War is a group of people that are determined to make art together. And they make everything themselves. When something needs to be done, they just pick it up and get it done. War has never been famous, but we've had these little nibbles of fame. Alice in Wonderland gets nominated for a Grammy, and we're just all thinking, man, somebody really fucked up. We're going to start making movies and comics, and we're going to be a punk rock Disney. But it's also where it, it all fell apart to a degree. It was a little bit destructive. I just didn't see the story having a happy ending. Chaos has been what's made this band move forward. You don't do Guar because you want to get famous. You do Guar because you fucking love it. It's like the world needs a Guar. It was a joke, and we just kept going with it. It's like jokes on everyone else now, 30 years later, you know? It's a joke with no punchline. Most amazing cataclysmic rock and roll event of the century, ladies and gentlemen. This is why. Wheelbarrows full of for those who don't know, created essentially the podcast medium. Travis P. Pants in the house. Get back, motherfucker. I'm gonna pee my pants. Gonna kick you in your teeth and do a dance. Get back, motherfucker. I'm gonna pee my pants. Gonna kick you in your teeth and do a dance. Why you do so good? Why you do so good?
Guys, welcome back. Our guest tonight is the lead guitarist for the rock and roll band Guar. They have a new album out on their own label, Pit Records, called The New Dark Ages, and a Shudder-exclusive documentary called This Is Guar, streaming now. Pustulus Maximus is on the program. I, I didn't know if I was talking to you or uh, the other you. It should be the other me, right? That's more exciting, isn't it? Well, both of them are equally irate, both of my personalities, so it'd be good either way. Uh, you guys were just in, in Europe, right? You just got back uh, a couple days ago, I think, right? Yeah. How do you get all of that stuff there? How do you how do you get the the swords and the dinosaurs to another country? Do they have to, like, pass through customs or... Well, I sneak over, but everybody else goes through customs. Yeah, it's a bunch of hockey bags and pelican cases and a bunch of nonsense. It's a lot of stuff. And, and then you have to get it all back, and you guys are going right back on tour in like another week or two, right? Yeah. So do you have and, to have to put like a couple of weeks in between just to get it all here? It's retarded. It really is. It's, it's all these hockey bags. you got to go back and forth to the airport and back and forth to customs. And we and we fucking uh, haul it all ourselves, you know. The the band does, and you guys carry all, all hockey bags. Yeah, and since we're all fucking idiots, some of the band will go on vacation or they'll they'll leave as soon as we land. So it's like only the dumbest of us have to carry the bags, which is like me. I'm one, I'm one of them. Oh, I'm so one of the idiots. They, they, and then, they uh, land and they say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna go see some stuff." You know, we're in Europe. This is like coming home. Oh, like you know, you got thirteen hockey bags, another thirteen cases. Then everyone will fucking bail when it's time to load them up in the van and take them back to the pit. So then it ends up being like four people trying to do the work of you know what should be an entire crew. But you, thus is life, you know. I guess, yeah. the The documentary is is really something, man. I, I feel like you guys could do like three more, and there'd probably still be a ton of questions afterwards. That 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 documentary really takes you on a journey. Um, I didn't know a lot of that stuff. Uh, are Are you happy with the yeah. way it turned out? I mean, I think. I mean, it turned out pretty good. I mean, it's like you know, just to clarify, just right off the bat, you know this it isn't a movie we made about ourselves. You know, this is something that somebody else put together and, you know, and obviously they worked really closely with us on it, you know, but, um, you know, it's like, we didn't write this narrative. We just got the privilege to see it before anybody else did and say, cool, you know, but, uh, it's, uh, that's cause some, for some reason, there's all these people that think there's like that the bands involved in editing and putting together this whole thing. And that's just not the case. You know, we're too busy with, trying to make music that no one will listen to but the um the but the documentary uh yeah it tells i mean the arc of the narrative in the most simplest form is the power struggle between hunter jackson and dave brocky you know and, and it tells that tale since the beginning and that's i mean that in itself is why when you get to a certain point in the gore timeline it just fast forwards i mean there's, I mean, there's a point where 19 years go by in about two minutes. And the, I guess the whole time, there was really kind of an argument on whether you should be a band or not. Uh, yeah, see, it doesn't really go into a whole lot of detail, at least, you know, because, I mean, I, that's the, this is the part I've lived through the, the last 10 years, right. you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't really hit a lot of detail in that particular state of mind that, the, that we had to go through losing Dave and actually having to sit down and, and talk and, you know, not just with um, figuring out if we could be a band again or, or whether we should be a band and also having just like people that have hung around the band for a long time, just turn on us. And, you know, we got sued uh, oh, really? by Dave's strange father and all kinds of shit. Oh, geez. You know, it was fucking whack. You know, there was, I mean, long story short, people came out of the woodwork. Oh, sure. Claimed yeah. that, um, you know, we were, you know, Dave was a millionaire and we just stole it all from him and all this shit. And, you know, which is, 
So that you, whole concept is just bananas. You, I'm talking to you money. right now in a fucking work truck outside of Home Depot. I just pissed. <laughs> I was pissing in a bottle while I answered the phone. Oh, so, that's cool. Because I haven't had a chance to stop and use a real bathroom. So that's the reality that, that this fucking band faces. It's like, I go to fucking work. Yeah. It's five o'clock right now, and I'm going to work for another, I don't know, hour and a half, two hours before I go home. Do you just leave the, the bottle in the Home Depot parking lot, or do you just like put it in the back and throw it in the trash when you get a chance? No, it's just sitting in my, uh, I got a little trash can in the front of my truck. Oh, cool. I'll dump it out eventually, or forget about it and let it like spill onto the floorboard, but this is all true. I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not even in character right now. <laughs> this is just me. I, I feel like you could make more documentaries I, I know you said you didn't have anything to do with it you and you just oh well yeah i mean oh. you definitely could and yeah. you know and there's you know the band the band, we we want to do that you know i think that's yeah. a no-brainer because there's so much of this story that's untold you know it's, it's like i mean i hear people that i've known for a long time and they go man i had no idea that all you guys went through all this stuff and it's like it's bananas to think to think of like that because like for us even me, I, you know, I've only, like I said, it's only been 10 years for me. You know, I know all those stories, you know, just from being close to the guys. And you kind of, you hear them so, you retold so many times, you just kind of assume it's it's common knowledge. And it really isn't, you know, there's just a lot going on that, oh, yeah. um, uh, you know, people just aren't privy to. And and it's interesting. And I think, you know, there's, there's, there's a part of Guar that uh, personally, I don't find myself or any of the other guys behind the scenes that interesting as far as like star power goes you know like the characters and the art that we create that that to me is the focus of the group and that's where i like to have the attention shown yeah you know but it but it is nice to get some recognition for it as well you know especially these these the artists that have put their heart and soul into this thing but well, I mean, no, we all I, have I think to that a point so you we, guys are interesting just to you know get into like why you do what you do i think that's very interesting that's a, no that's because we're idiots <laughs> no but i mean there's there's a reason that you you dress up like a big alien and and play the guitar i mean that's it, it's it's a fascinating story it has to be right yeah well, it's just there's not many opportunities to do just that just to just dress up and squirt blood all over people it's like there's that job, <laughs> that job uh, market is very limited, and uh, that's kind of why yeah, I, I feel if, if, uh, fortunate at times to do it. If that's uh, if that's your dream, then you pretty much have to be in Guar. Well, nightmares are dreams too, you know. That's true. Could the you don't band have a choice sometimes last forever? Like it, it seems the trajectory of it is just that it can go on forever. I would, I would hope, I mean, like that's, to me, that's the biggest slap in the face is if it, if it didn't, if I put all this time into it just for it to fold one day, you know, I mean, the band has survived so much and yeah. it just doesn't make sense for it to, to stop for any reason. You know, it should, yeah. I think it's important that at some point the band tries to get some young blood and I'm the youngest guy in the band and I got arthritis in my back, you know, it's like, <laughs> that that should tell you something it's like sure. and it's not it's not going to be viable if, if we continue to age a certain way without introducing new talent and new uh you know just new stories new creators new artists in the, in the band just fucking to be candid if you saw the documentary and maybe there's other testimonials you did not hear from some of the past members but Former, current, and future members—they all think it should die with them, and that is—and that is the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. Because all the people that aren't in it hate it, whether or not they're smiling on that documentary or not. They can't stand that we're still doing it. Yeah, you know. And then, like, even the people in it now—it's like they all say, you know, when I when I'm gone, <laughs> you know, it's it won't be a thing anymore. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit. It's probably it's probably not that fucking dire, but it's just yeah. it is it is in the back of everybody's mind. But the what I'm really getting at is the strength of Guar is the sum of all parts. Right. You know, it's 
it's everyone together at all point in time. So like, I don't believe that any person, any one person leaving this organization is going to cripple it. And because it, it can't, I mean, obviously we lost like, you know, one of the greatest front men of rock and roll of all time, you know, Dave Brahe. And that, that's, that's huge. I mean, even losing Hunter Jackson was huge. And I don't think, you know, just people didn't notice as much because, you know, he wasn't the face of the band. Yeah. But still have, I mean, shit, we just went through the last, every tour I've been on. And in the last couple of years, we've lost somebody in the middle of the tour and we've kept the tour going. You know, it's, not to mention, you know, either due to COVID or, you know, even in Europe, we, you know, one of the guys had some health problems and had to drop off for like a week and a half. And it's like, and we didn't try not to skip a beat. You, you know, we try to understudies the best show just hanging possible. out or what do you, what do you do when somebody drops off? Fill in, you know, fill in the gaps. You know, I, I sang for the band uh, on the last U.S. tour for like, I don't know, two weeks or something because Michael Bishop got COVID. And uh, couldn't sing. It's neat, you know. It, it it's an interesting thing because I don't know that how many other bands could do that and still put on. Oh, yeah, and and still that yeah, level that's of, of a show. Uh, it, it, I mean, you know, it's like, not about it, it's not about just the singer, you know, or just the guitar player. It's that's that's just that's the small part. It's the show. I mean, the band Guar exists on the stage. Right. I think that is where home is, and all of the other stuff that's created along the way those are just things that happen you know like you make records you make products you make comics but it's like the band exists to to perform first and foremost and that's just my opinion the other guys might have a different outlook but to me that that's the experience it's not it's not the records not the comics it's being in the front row getting a mouthful of alien cum and then and then watching whoever or whatever get disemboweled on stage it's it's kind of the circus it's a little bit circus right? circus you got a new album out too the new dark ages uh is it about technology and how i we're we're all uh addicted to our phones is that kind of what i mean pretty about? much you know in, in the simplest of terms it's um you know, the dark ages is like the original dark. I mean, it was a rejection of science, you know, and we're, we're, we're back there, you know, plagues, death, you know, there's COVID running around and all of a sudden now it's not a thing anymore, or at least it shouldn't be. Um, at least nobody, the mortality rate is slow. So, I mean, that's, well, we that's, got, we got monkey pox now, right? Some do. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was, it's, I shouldn't fucking laugh, but it was like, you know, we, we heard about monkey pie. I don't watch TV. I don't watch the news or anything. So when we went to Europe, you know, I'm looking up on my phone, you know, I was like, should I be worried about monkey pox? And, you know, you, you, you do one Google search of what monkey pox is and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, well, I'm probably not going to get that. Yeah. That's all I'll say about that. Yeah, probably <laughs> <not>. <laughs> But I mean, but fuck, that sucks. You know, it's no, it a sucks. terrible fucking thing. I'm sure you know to to have to go through it. But, but you probably don't have enough. I only fuck one person. Yeah, it'd be all right. Yeah, and even if you get it, I mean, it sucks for a little bit. Probably. And then, yeah, I don't think you die. I fucked somebody with COVID this week. Oh yeah, yeah. I, was it any different, or was it uh, pretty similar? <laughs> no, it was it was the same. It was yeah, the same. And my wife got it when uh the day before we came home. And uh I was like, Well shit, if I'm gonna get it, I might as well get it now. Yeah, you like, got a couple before, weeks off. Before I go on the road and you know, they want you to they want you to if you get COVID on tour, they want you to sit in a hotel room for like ten days or something like that. And I was like, Screw that. I'll just go home. So I was like, Well give it to me now so I get it before I go on, on the road. But I I don't have it. Maybe I'm asymptomatic. Who knows? I just I've been trying to visit all my enemies after I got it. God, you know what? I'm still not. I'm not even a character. This is just me. This is just the plumber. <laughs> it's a, a space alien guitar plumber. Yeah. yeah. By night. Well, what Bustless is not a plumber. He works at Burger King. Oh, he does. Yeah. On the there's a. There's a military base 
on uh, in Antarctica. So there's that's the closest thing you'll get to like real civilization. It's a U.S. base. Is that where they live? Yeah. Is Antarctica? Yeah, the members of Guar. Yeah, yeah, they all live in Antarctica. The uh, the slave pit though, where they keep slaves, is in Richmond, Virginia, which is you know historically appropriate considering how much slave trading actually happened there. You know. And so they they just come check in on them every now and then, but for the most part they just stay in Antarctica. And do they like the cold? Apparently, oh. yeah, because they the on the tour bus the air conditioner would be on when there's ice on the side of the bus. And I wish I wish I was joking about that. You yeah, said, it's, you, it's dumb. You said your your tour bus in in Europe you couldn't stand up in. Was it not uh not the best? I don't get it. I really don't get it. I don't get Europe at all. You know, it's like there's just certain things about America. I mean, America's not perfect, the United States, but I mean, United States, Canada, I mean, they're, they're the same. Jesus, yeah, yeah, you know, people, pretty, oh, they don't want to. It's North America, whatever. Everything has leaves you can't, on it. If there's there. tight spaces, like I don't like having to piss in a little tiny bathroom with, and I, I can't, like my neck, I have to have my head at 90 degrees. I'm, I'm only six feet tall, you know, I'm not huge. Right. But um, you cannot stand up straight in the bus. So, definitely tired of bumping my head every day and like that just that just kind of that thing would not exist here you know i don't think any american would want to go through that kind of like discomfort all the time and 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 think that it was a uh they're not a shorter people are they it's just no 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 they're just they're just willing to put up with more shit yeah well what's the deal why even make something like that if people put up with it, I guess it's fine. You know, it's like, I don't know. I mean, America is, you know, I, I do know we're a, uh, we're an entitled civilization, but you know, I don't, I don't necessarily even say that in a bad way. Yeah. It's just like entitled in the terms of, uh, if you and me want to go get dinner at seven o'clock at night in any city in the, in the, in America, we're pretty much guaranteed to go find, a plethora of places that are open, oh, right? Sure. Yeah. You know, or if we, or if I want to go buy a guitar at fucking four o'clock in the afternoon, I can, I can go to guitar center and get one. Right. But like, you know, in, in Europe, you don't have shit like that at all. You know, shit, it's just closed at weird times. But, and that's what I mean by entitled. Like I expect to be able to go do this at this time all the time. And uh, in Europe, that's just not a thing. Why are they closed? So, what are they doing? fucking off i guess enjoying their time of leisure <laughs> do you have to do you uh, oh because, there, uh, there's not a lot of quiet quitting in europe i, I saw quiet quitting was trending. oh yeah yeah yeah. no you know and i mean the united states it's like we work ourselves to death and it's very much a you just have to work economy all the time and i you know i don't think that's a great thing it's not good for mental health no but uh you know but Japan is kind of oriented the same way. So it's not just a Europe, United States thing. Japan is very much like work, 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 you know, screw your free time. But in certain places in Europe, especially like England, Germany, they really respect leisure. Like that's, that's a thing, which I can't imagine. I can't, I can't wrap my head around that, especially being a plumber. It's like somebody always fucking needs something right now. So it's like, so when your shitter backs up, do you just say, fuck it? It's Thursday. I'll just wait until Monday. Like, is that what you do? (laughs) I'd rather just get that call and say, oh, so you you do want to shit in your house at 1 p.m. on a Saturday? I can make that happen for a fee. (laughs) How do you you run a plumbing business around a guar schedule? Like, you just schedule stuff for the couple weeks you're home? cell phones you know i have two crews working at home i'll uh i'll call every day and check up on everybody oh so you, you know just, thankfully you, have... you know we've got google sometimes... counter and stuff like that too so i'll just i'll just line them up from the road and uh my spouse helps me out as well you know answering phones and shit just in those odd times if i'm in la shit it's like what four or five in the morning when our day starts here on the east coast right so I hate it when the phone rings then because I got to pretend I'm not asleep and all this shit. So, you know, we, we route, I route the phones to her during the day. It's, I mean, it's complicated, but we're making it, yeah. you know, I've been fortunate enough to have a good crew or a couple of good crews working for me. And, but you know, when I'm home, I'm just, I'm 
just in this all the time, every day. So as soon as I hang up with you, I'm going to go put a faucet in on a, in a restaurant downtown. Well, what restaurant? Is it like a chain or just like a mom and pop place? Not like a mom and pop place. It's like a little burger joint. Well, dude, I appreciate your time. It was cool talking to you. Uh, the documentary's great. The the new album's great. It's all great. So, uh, yeah, uh, good luck on the on the upcoming tour, and uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime. Yeah, man. Thanks up. In the news sounder, if you want. I mean, it's just just a quick little. We got news. Always do it. Broadcasting live from St. Louis, Missouri to homes worldwide, it's WFOD News with your host, DrunkardSTL, on the Twitters. So, if you notice the longer line in your local Starbucks this morning, PSLs are back. Oh, Ooh. I went to a Dunkin' and today. White and white women's shorts was... got wet as <laughs> I actually had wet as a pumpkin spice signature latte at the Dunkin' Donuts this morning. And let me tell you, it was great. Yeah. Yes, I love it. So, when it comes to the pumpkin spice, I'm not going to say I hate it. August 30th is a hair early for me. <laughs> hey, Spirit Halloween popped up uh, at the end of July in our town in an abandoned Staples building. So, and, I and mean, I, I, July is a little early. I, I prefer I prefer my pumpkin spice in a frappe or a alcoholic beverage. Yeah, give me a pumpkin spice beer, depending on how they utilize it. And uh, yeah, I'm in, I but like one or, one or two. The craft beer scene up by you, but everyone in St. Louis makes them. And oh yeah, and they're of varying degrees of okay. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's that's my deal too with the with the pumpkin spice. Is like if I find one that's decent, that's the six pack that I get in October, and then I well, don't it, really fuck around with other ones. It varies from year to year because what was it, like two or three years ago, O'Fallon's pumpkin beer was amazing, and then the very next year it was terrible. I'm getting a lot of flack in the chat. Uh, John Jamingo's pissed off that Rambo doesn't make top three. Travis, does Rambo make top five? Uh, Rambo 2. Rambo 2 is the superior Rambo? Rambo 2 is way better than Rambo 1. I like that most recent Rambo that was just like a gritty Home Alone. Oh, lad, where you said him. I, I like that one. I also do really like the, the pre, like, John Rambo is so uber crazy violent where he's, like, murdering people with, like, 60 caliber machine guns oh, and yeah, they're just, like, like when exploding. He up on that one that's connected to the, the truck. And yeah. shoots the guy like 450 yeah. times. Yeah. Till the guy's just so, like a puddle. We, we we went from Rambo 1, 2, and 3 in the 80s, where 3 especially, where he's just like machine gunning all sorts of people on behalf of the Afghans. And just like no blood anywhere. Just very typical people just falling down. And we went, skip forward a decade plus and we get John Rambo, where every shot he takes is exploding people's heads all over the place, all over like the poppy fields and shit. It's fucking great. Did Rambo always tell you who the enemy was? Because I just watched that Top Gun, and like they just referred yeah, they, to the enemy as the enemy, the enemy, and like they just yeah, the, wore all black. 
we 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 skipped back in the day we always knew who the enemy was right and i feel like maybe the very first one is the jabs right well the first one to change it was the the red dawn remake yeah because originally it was supposed to be uh china instead of russia like the original red dawn was but then they're like well shit we're gonna have to ADR all these lines because we want to open in China. <laughs> we can't do this. So they made the enemy in the Red Dawn remake North Korea. Like they even have enough citizenry healthy enough to fly over here to try to fight <laughs> armed Americans. I never right? saw that movie, Travis. Was it a piece it, of shit? It's, it's not great. It's not bad. Yeah. If there were, it, it was PG 13. So if they would have made it rated R, that could have possibly been okay. But right. uh, well, yeah. And I feel like that PG 13 movie. Yeah. I feel like the, the, that was the first time I've ever heard of them just kind to trying to not offend. It's just the same thing as like when they are uh, casting uh, like Arab uh, looking folks uh, that they, they don't want to specify where they're from because they don't want to like stereotype just a um, vague brown people as terrorists type person. Right. Uh, exactly. It, why couldn't they have just made a cut of the movie where China won? Then China probably would have played it. Oh, that would have actually been yeah. awesome. A the, sweet the ass, like alternate everybody. ending. And now they own America. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth's dead. Play our movie, China. They do it. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, yeah, we fucking won. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot of times now they just like make up countries' names that sound like they're saying uh, Pakistan or something. It is like Arbistan or, you know, I mean, it's just like some nonsense, like gobbledygook that it's like, that's not yeah, even a real place. At this point, we should probably just make up a fake place that's always the enemy, like 555 numbers. Yeah, that makes complete sense. The problem like, with that is like anytime you hear 555, it always takes you out of the movie. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm watching the movie. They're using 555. I feel like every Hollywood production should um, probably just buy a phone number and uh, um, put that in there. That would just be the phone number for every movie? Yeah, yeah. Because you're not going to remember from time. I mean, they could use our Skype phone number, right? Like just give that out and you just you, you put that out there and like nobody's really going to remember from film to film that that was a phone number. Yeah. But anytime you start out with five, 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 you're like, I'm fucking watching. I'm watching a movie. And what would be really great is if you call that number, it just gives you movie show times, do some cross promotion. Yeah, I completely agree. Come on, Hollywood, quit fucking around. Yeah. Do the right thing. Let's do the same thing. Like uh, uh stranger things did in its uh, most recent season where uh surfer boy pizza has a phone number on the side of the uh, van. If you call it, you get to hear Argyle tell you like the specials uh, uh, at Surfer Boy Pizza. Immerse us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Immerse. Yeah. Do, do some Cloverfield viral marketing. Yeah. Drunk, let me ask you a question. Sure. Do you have what you would say is like a pick of the week? Something you want the people yeah, to Yeah, sure. Drunk pick of the week. <laughs> so this weekend is the very last weekend for the next 20 something weeks where there's no. American professional football. So you have your opportunity to slide right in on Saturday afternoon on the Peacock, Clash at the Castle, (laughs) and Grunk's Stone Cold Lock. Roman Reigns will finally turn away his belts after 500-something days of having the belt. Who's he going to lose it to? Drew McIntyre. Oh, Drew McIntyre. Yeah, because it's over there. Because it's over there. Yeah. They probably What's... they probably would. Uh, he's talking about a WWE thing, Travis. Yeah. What's with these guys? Like, you, you automatically, right? Like, unless they're like, uh, oh, the Undertaker's now fighting Bob Buchanan or whatever. <laughs> just some stupid ass names. Like, if they if these people like Drew McIntyre actually get to win matches, you know, they're ramping that person up to be the champion because otherwise if people just use their names they're fodder well, right Drew they're Ma- fodder Drew for McIntyre the good is people. not his real name yeah but you know what i mean uh but no drew mcintyre is a former wwe champion and uh he's been on a bit of a streak um getting his name back up there again so his uh his chest is hairy but like not overly the proper hairy. amount of hair yeah 
Uh, he's been beating up on Sheamus the last couple months. Yeah, you know, a lot of those WWE guys, they, they shave it all, Travis. But then A lot of Matt waxing says, sessions. He's, he's, he's got a hairy chest, but it's very does manicured. He, does he carve it like Zangief? Uh, no, no, it's not like <laughs> in a pattern. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like he, that's he a might mistake. contour it, you know, correctly. I mean, it isn't, it isn't uh, wild. Yeah, it's like five o'clock shadow chest hair. Yeah, yeah. You should check it out, Travis. Oh, I'm. I'll Google it as soon as we're done here, guys. <laughs> uh, pick of the week is our uh, our our good friend uh, Pustulus Maximus's. Uh, well, it's not his documentary. He's in it. Uh, so do we, a documentary do we refer to him f- as like Mr. Puss or we can if you want to. Um, yeah, yeah, but this is Guar. It's on Shutter. It's amazing, Travis. You can find a promo code seven days free. I'll tell you what, you get into Shutter for seven days. If you're a horror movie fan, you'll be there forever. <laughs> Travis pick of the week. Travis pick of the week this week is the Netflix original motion picture. Day Shift, starring Jamie Foxx, Dave Franco, and also Martha Stewart's best friend, Snoop Doggy Dog. Uh, This thing is so much fun. It's uh, about vampire hunters and a vampire hunter agency. It's a a paint-by-numbers plot, but it's so much fun. It's a comedy action deal, and the action set pieces are super fun. Uh, The interaction between uh, Dave Franco who is uh, essentially like a, a, an auditor for this vampire hunting organization. And Jamie Foxx, who's like a disgraced ex-vampire hunter who's trying to get back into the union. The interaction between them is great. Um, there are some very subtle homages to um, uh, like American Werewolf in London. Um, and the final line of this motion picture is a sweet Easter egg uh, for people who love vampire flicks. Uh, in particular, uh, the Lost Boys uh, Day Shift on Netflix is awesome, and I hope they make a sequel. It's a lot of fun. We fucking did it, man. I think we did it. I think so. Thanks to uh, Pustulus Maximus for uh, doing the show, and uh, what a great interview, and you did a great job, Mike. Happy Labor Day, and I'm Bill Dan. <laughs> I guess I'll figure it out, right? to this installment of WFOD. To enjoy our back catalog, visit WFODshow.com be sure to share the show with a friend. Thank you to our Patreon sponsors for their continued support. Uh, Bad Poet Society, The Rabbit Poundings, Valerie Carpenter, Brian Kranz, and our North Star, Liquid Lozenge. If you would like to donate to keep this pirate ship afloat, Visit patreon.com slash WFODix. Follow us on social media. Email any of us with your, our name and uh, at WFODshow.com in the end. Or leave us a voicemail at 636-487-HAND.com. Uh, we'll be back next week. Hey, subscribe on YouTube and uh, Twitch or uh, Apple Podcasts or .com or uh, Stitcher or wherever it is that you listen to it. Subscribe to it so that you get the newest episodes. Yeah, thanks. See you next week. Bye. Dot com.
She didn't know it's over. <laughs> 